Hey there, angry faithful. I just wanted to drop in, bend your ear a little bit, get your attention. So if you're not listening, drop what you're doing and pay attention to me because I'm here to inform you that not only can you get your daily, maybe if you're binging it, I'm not sure that's entirely up to you, but you can multiply your doses of angry me fuckery by paying attention to all of the platforms upon which you can find either the dulcet tones of my voice and David's voice or my pretty face and David's not so pretty face. Anyways, digressing. We, not only on we are on YouTube, we are on Spotify, we're on Rumble, we're on Google, Apple Podcast. We have a TikTok page. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Facebook. So if you find yourself fuckery deprived curl up with a nice hot mug of shut the fuck up and just listen open those ear holes and be prepared to be cream pied like it's the first time thanks for listening welcome angry faithful now again even though the last time i did this i did this with uh wade Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, sound fucked up. And I couldn't get a hold with them for a Zoom call and everything. But we're here with the uh, comics up at uh, O'Brien's before the show. I guess I'm going to have to name this three since I can't take it with. But I'm here with uh, Matt Farrell. And tell us how you got into comedy. Man, I've always, uh, being funny and comedy was always part of life. You know, dealing with life. I come up pretty poor pretty pretty always grew up in bad parts of town things were rough so being funny was how I dealt with stuff uh, and then I, I I had a job where one time I worked with a girl and uh, she made the comment she said hey you should do stand-up comedy and I just kind of blew it off but you know um, Rodney Carrington used to do a bit talking about how he's going to the gym all the time and the trainer there kept calling him the champ yeah. saying man you you look like a tough son of a bitch I'm, okay. I'm a Come on, champ. And he, he said, I bet you could I bet you could really whoop somebody. And he goes, about three or four days, this guy called me the champ. I started thinking, hell, maybe I am a bad motherfucker. So it was kind of the same thing with this. This girl told me every day that she worked with me. She goes, you should do stand-up. You should. And she just kept on and kept on. Finally, I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to go do stand-up. And I did it one time and been hooked ever since. And that was almost 11 years ago. Damn. Yeah. You're not yeah. super famous yet? No, no. <laughs> It's a, it, 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 after 10 years, they don't just get hand you a special or anything like that? I thought that's what would happen, but uh, no. Well, fuck, I've been doing this podcast, and I just, I figured the same thing. How long have you been doing the podcast? Uh, two years. Two years? Yeah. Uh, I started it uh, right before, like the year before the COVID bullshit hit. Yeah. Uh, but I was doing it uh, sporadically. Yeah. And I was just doing it like month to month to month, and then... Eventually, I found an actual host that would do it with me, and then I ended up spawning like three ep- uh, three episodes a week, and yeah. it just ended up like that. Which it was one of those things I just wanted yeah. to do. I was like, "Oh, they're making money on this." Yeah, I haven't made one cent, but I'm, ha- <laughs> I'm having fun with. I, I love yeah. the one thing I really love about doing this is just the stories. Yeah. I, I, I could I could be like penniless as long as I get like good stories and stuff like that from people. Uh, yeah. Most of them like uh, just people like how you grew up. Right. I mean, 
Yeah, you yeah. grow up poor, you, you ended up making some... I mean, you, you still have an actual job job. No. No? No. Nope. You do comedy? This, well, this year is the first year that this is it. This is all I do. Um, but kind of the same thing as what you're saying is, uh, you know, you're just kind of doing it to do it. Uh, once you really dive into something full force and you do it consistently and you're putting out consistent content. Oh, yeah. Or in my case, being on stage consistently and consistently chasing down new shows and new venues and doing stuff, that's when things start to grow. But there's so many times, like, I mean, it took me years to learn that. It was, it was years of me just doing it every time I could. Yeah. Instead of pursuing it and making it something that I did, so so you um, basically do full comedy uh, year round. Yeah, okay. yeah. And the year that I decided that I wanted to, okay, this is the year I'm going to really take it serious. I was getting, keeping my job, uh, <clears throat> which I own my own business. I was I, a garage door guy. I have my own garage door business, uh, and I said, okay, this year I'm you know I'm really going to hit comedy hard. And I had six. That was like in November. Uh, so starting at the first of the year, I already had six shows booked out. I'd already I'd been hitting the venues hard and getting stuff booked and ready to go. And then that's the year that COVID hit. Yeah. And I was like, and of course everything got canceled. And I was like, well, shit, man. Like when I finally buckle down and decide that I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right, that's when you get kicked in the teeth. Um, again, I, I just took it as one of those tests. It was like, all right, so now you're just going to give up and walk away and just go back to working every day, you know, like you've been doing, uh, or are you going to find a way to make it happen? And that's what I did. I, so I just took that year. The first year of COVID was the hardest. Everything was completely shut down. So I just took that year and I did nothing but write. And I still worked my regular job. So it was keeping, you know. And that's a, you know, you hear all the stories of comics that made it. They've all been homeless at some point in time. Oh, yeah. You know, they lived in their car. They went to, they did comedy club shows. And they made enough money for gas to get to the next show. And that's basically all I did. I didn't start comedy until after I was married and had kids. So being homeless and pursuing it in that way wasn't was really an option yeah. for me so i had to find a i had to i had to ease into it uh until i got to the point where i'm like all right now i can actually do something i can put food on the table with what i'm doing now yeah and that's just any person that you know just from this the tribe that i come from the tribe that i come from is mostly military yeah i mean you fail you pick yourself up you dust yourself off you get at it again yeah or you steal it from somebody else (laughs) (laughs) there is so I mean there's a lot of good stories like 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 that one uh, bit I did for uh, Memorial Day that that is a true story about a guy that he basically flew uh, gliders in World War II I didn't even know that was a thing until he he showed it was like yeah we we flew gliders it was like you mean without an engine? Yeah. I looked it up. I did all the research after I was uh, did. It. I was like, "Holy shit! That guy's balls is bigger than mine." Yeah. I mean, yeah. those old timers that went through World War II and everything like that, man. Yeah. I I, I still to this day I I was like I've done some really cool shit in my lifetime, and I'm never gonna be able to be that cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a like when I was growing up. I, I mean, my dad was old old vet. You know, he's a Vietnam vet and. Uh, came back and was a full-fledged hippie and lived all over the place and traveled in the bus and was at Woodstock and he did all these crazy things. And when I was a kid growing up, he'd tell me all these stories of shit that he had done and seen or whatever. And, and when I was a kid, I was like, man, my dad's full of shit. There's no way that any one person has done all of those things in their life. Yeah. And then when I hit 20, 
I stopped and I thought back and I was like, man, I'm only 20 and look at all the shit I've done. You know, so at 20 years old, I was like, okay, like dad's dad's legit. Well, and then, you know, my dad always told me stories about how badass he was back in his day. Uh, and then we were in a convenience store one time and some guys come up and tried to rob us. And my dad beat the shit out of two guys. <laughs> one of them had a gun and uh, and he beat the he beat the brakes off of both of them. And, and did it before I could even act like I was going to help. And I was like, oh, this, this no, guy wasn't lying. The, He's actually a badass. Those, it's one of those moments. I got your back. Oh, never, uh, I'm just going to go uh, wait in the car. You got this. Uh, you need a massage or something like that? Because <laughs> yeah. that's what I feel like I'm good for right now. Yeah. Man, I, I was like, uh, I was like uh, a bunch of my friends that, uh, when I was working corrections and everything. They were like, because of my size and everything, I always get, oh, you're so weak and everything. You couldn't do anything. One of them popped up. I was like, I bet if you hit me in the stomach once, I, I wouldn't even go down. One punch, right in the stern. And he was like, how did you? I was like, dude, unlike you, that was on a boat. I saw combat. Yeah. I fucked some people up. I learned how to fuck up somebody. Yeah. And yeah. I was a cook. How long How long did you work in corrections? Uh, I, did, I was in corrections in, for a little over a year. Two and a half at the Auburn unit. Yeah. I was uh, at the uh, uh, GEO up in Lawton. Oh, okay. Uh, and it, it was so understaffed. They're always. Extremely no, no, underpaid. No matter, no matter where you're at, any yeah. kind of corrections, you're always understaffed. It was to the point, like, we, we would, it was regular, two to three times a week I would work a triple. Yeah. I'd take a nap in an empty cell in segregation. Like, it was bad. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm, like, I'm getting, I feel like I'm here. Like, not that I work here. I feel like I'm one of these guys. Like, I'm here so much. Yeah, that was, that was the biggest problem. That was the reason why I quit. Yeah. Is because I noticed that. I mean, you know me now, but if you knew me back then, I was always, like, straight face. I yeah. Was, I, I, I was doing a little bit of joking and everything, but it wasn't, it was, I was either, A, I was too tired, and I was too grumpy, and after I got all that stuff done uh, and, and behind me, I mean, I was just, it's just a relief. I, and a lot of people that was like, oh, it's so easy, I'm going to do 20 years, blah, blah, blah. I was like, nah. Yeah, go for it. Good. Go for it. You can have that shit. Yeah. You can have it. Yeah, it was... I, I actually enjoyed the job for the first eight, nine months. Like, I, I had fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and then after that, like I said, it just got to the point where I was like, nah, like I, don't, it's, yeah. I don't work here. I live here. And what's really sad is, is uh, after a while, when you go out, hang out, it's like, hey, we're all going to hang out and go to the bar and everything. Guess what they only want to talk about? What they did at the job. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't. I don't want this. I don't yeah. want this for my life. It's yeah. It's pathetic. Yeah. I mean, a lot of be, but I, I was gonna say a lot of people let their jobs consume them, and it it's sad. Yeah. Uh, but now the job I have has consumed me, and it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Yeah, because you're like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's it's one of those things that a lot of people mean. If you're a comic, you're happy to be around and everything like that. Everything is a joke. And there's times that, even even before I even started doing comedy and everything, and I told, and I wish we had it from last episode, or uh, I wish the sound didn't. I'm gonna get a new soundboard to record just to just make sure I have two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was telling him, I was like, I was gonna start like in 2008, 
and uh, the comedy club that was doing open mic was down in Dallas, but it was a gay bar. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll go do that. I went to the gay bar, and this is when I was like barely making any kind of money or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the gay bar. I was like, hey, I'm here to do your open mic. He's like, are you homosexual? I'm like, no. Do I have to get... I have to like suck a dick before I go on stage. I mean, <laughs> I might. <laughs> Look, give me, give me, give me about five minutes. Yeah, let me like, think about it. Think about it. <laughs> let me, let me, let me pull that old box out of the shelf and everything. Is uh, yeah. I was like, no, we we, we only do uh, homosexual uh, uh, comics because I was pissed off at the time. They, they wouldn't let me do the show. I was like, hey, I'll, I'll clear it up, and I'll, I'll do it, you know, just funny for y'all guys and everything like that. It's no big deal. It's like, no, it's not that. And I think about it now, there's not that many homosexual comics. I bet there's more. I, bet there's... I mean, Ellen, you got Ellen, you got a couple of them. Yeah. But there there are a lot of homosexual comics, but if you if you start taking away their, their spotlight, and you gather more that's not homosexual at that bar, then... Yeah, those people don't get their voice, and I, I totally understand that now. I get it, but I I I don't like that it's that way. Yes. So I refuse to do things that way. Like uh, a comic that I work with regularly, I put her I put her on a lot of shows. Uh, is Ashley Watson? She's phenomenal. She's hilarious. She's from Oklahoma City. She's yes. a great comic. Was she at that one that we almost had to beat up or something? Uh, a couple of people up from? Where was that? At? She was doing. Oh, over the, over the, what was it, sticks. sticks. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was there. She was there. Uh, it's all right. The mic's picking up the train really well. Uh, anyway, she's a phenomenal comic. When I announce her, I don't announce her as a female comic. When I talk about her, I don't talk about her as a female comic. She's just another comedian. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't describe you as a, a straight white male comic. You're just a comic. Yeah. You know, um, there's another comic from Oklahoma City that I've worked with a few times, not not a lot, not on any of my shows, just the opportunity hasn't been there, uh, but as a trans, I wouldn't introduce them as a trans comic. Yeah. You're just a comic. Are you funny? That's all I give a fuck about. Are you funny? I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you do in the bedroom. Are you funny? To me, that's the only rule there is in comedy. Yeah, that's, it has that's to be how funny. it should be. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying if you take those things away, but I hate, because think about it like this. If you were to reverse that and go, hey, we're going to do a, we're gonna do an open mic here, but it's for straight white guys only. That's yeah, discrimination. That, yeah. I don't think that anybody, and I, I would disagree with that as well. So I don't think any group should do that, especially, especially in comedy. Comedy is an inclusive thing for everyone. Everybody likes to laugh. Yeah. Uh, some comics are for this person some comics are not but comedy and laughter is for everybody i don't i don't i hate that things are segregated and yeah. i also hate the 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 wokeness of the world right now uh there's a, a big ordeal going on in oklahoma city a comic did an open mic tried some new jokes they were on some controversial subjects but that's what an open mic is for is trying new jokes yeah and some people at the open mic were offended went after him like heckled him while he was still on stage it blew up into a big deal that guy had shows scheduled you know small shows scheduled after that they got canceled the club they were doing the open mic at canceled there's no more comedy there this guy has since and they blew it up on social media so this guy's parents have been threatened he owns a business his business has been vandalized 
he has been life threats. Like they've threatened his life because they didn't like the jokes. The majority of the people that are doing the threatening and all this shit, they don't know anything about it. They weren't there. They read about it on Facebook and were like, oh, yeah, let's jump on this wagon. And it's ridiculous. I hate that it's like that. It, 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 and it, I've, I've done so many episodes mm-hmm. on cancel culture like that, the wokeness and everything like that. It, it's, it's getting so tiring that I have to do that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, my stuff will probably never get monetized because I use the word fuck and I do all kinds of stuff. And in that, I understand that only because advertisements. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I'm not making my money through there. I'm making it through the actual podcast stuff. Yeah. You know, I put my stuff on YouTube and I put my stuff on Rumble. I put it up uh, uh, as many platforms as I can. I don't get that many views or anything. But hey, I'm putting stuff out. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm getting people out. It's like, okay, you're on the show today. You go out and it's like, hey, I was on this podcast. Check this out. Hey, if you want to know why I do this, check this out. If you want to know my views or anything like that, or, or me personally, yeah, check this out. And then if people go out and try to attack you, it's like, no, 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 no. I got something for you. Here you go. This is me. Yeah. This is my views and everything like that. These are jokes. I'm an actor. I actually, I actually thought this, this is going to be fucking hilarious if I do this. Doing a, a like... Because I, I also do voices and everything like that. I thought about dressing up like a uh, like a Russian mafia type deal with the sports, uh, sports yeah tracksuit, tracksuit yeah. and everything like that with glasses, the bowl haircut and everything like that, and just and just like what why are you not you know selling Russia vodka here? Yeah. Because of the Ukraine thing. Well, that's bullshit. We're only taking small pieces. You'll never know. Just. just <laughs> Just yeah. accept the fact that we take this small nation and you just go about your business. We're not doing anything horrible to you. And it, it, it's, I, I wrote it and everything like that, and I was like, ah, i got to get a track sheet and everything like that. <laughs> but it, it, I, in my, I, I come up with, like, really funny stuff. But people would probably be offended about this. Show. I was like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Yeah. That's, that's horrible. I was like, but did you laugh? Here's here's the deal, and this is what I and I, I discussed it with the with the guy, and I don't know where he's at in everything that he's got going on up there. That's why I don't want to say his name um, because he really like shit no, I, shit I got crazy. Him, I put him on the podcast. And shit got crazy. shit really got crazy. So I'm trying. To, I don't want to put anything out there. But I did talk to him, and the the jokes that he did, uh, like I said, they were on some controversial subjects. It wasn't a bad joke, but it was brand new, so it wasn't great. He's still crafting it. He's still building that joke. Yeah, it's just like And here's the, the deal. There's, there's nothing better than a good rape joke. But if you're going to tell a rape joke, it better be fucking funny. Well, that's there's no, there is no, you can't tell an okay rape joke. If you tell an okay rape joke, it's a horrible thing to say. If you tell a fucking funny rape joke, it's hilarious. Yeah. Here's the thing. Right before uh, 9-11 happened, wow. George Carlin did a special. Yeah. And it has, like, genocide, how many yeah, people should kill and yeah. everything like that. I think a lot of people need to die. That 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 special's never been out. No. You cannot find that no. anywhere. Yeah. Because it happened, because he did it Sunday, September the 10th. Yeah. And September 11th happened that Monday. Yeah. And they're like, uh. Pull it off. 
We're Take just going to put this in a vault. Yeah. Maybe it'll be funny some other day. And never maybe never came to it. Yeah, it, it's never surfaced. And I, to this day, I want to see this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got fucked over on 9-11 because I was in the military at the time. Yeah. So I had to go over there and do some shit. Yeah. But it's... I'd still want to see it. Right, for sure. It's, it's just one of those right. things. It's like it's George Carlin. I want to see everything George Carlin did. I want to yeah. see all the bad shit George Carlin did. Oh God. I want to see. It. I want to see all of it. I want to see. That's what I love seeing. Big comics bomb. I love yeah, seeing it. Not because thing. not because I'm interested. Not because I want to see them fail, but because you see great people. They do the exact same thing. That beginners are doing. They're yeah. good. They're even today. Even once they're big, they go and they work out material that doesn't work. Like they tell jokes that fall flat. They yeah. write shit that doesn't ever make it. You know, I mean, it's all part of it. So when you get to see that and see how they handle it, that's the number one thing. Every comedy or every comedian is gonna bomb. It's inevitable. You're gonna bomb. You're gonna have a bad set. How do you handle it? Yeah. That's that's the key. Wait, what's well? Uh, it's like that uh, one. Uh, Christopher Titus. Yeah. He did He did this one bit that uh, it's about, he, he went to like some kind of town hall or something like that and just did it with a small group of people and everything like that. And one of the ladies that was in the front row didn't laugh at all and was fucking with his head. Yeah. And he's like, I couldn't, I couldn't stand this shit. And I was like, lady, at least laugh or something like that. She was deaf. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I could see that. Yeah. Let's see how that fucks you over. I was like, I had I had this one joke. Uh, someone asked, I was like, hey, what kind of woman do you want? I was like, well, I kind of want, because if you think about it, it's always the the shy types that are really wild in bed. Yeah. But if you get a deaf girl that doesn't speak and can't hear anything like that, my goal after that is just to see how fast the cops can actually uh, get there because I might be actually, you know, killing this chick and that's how that's the reason why she's screaming left and right <laughs> oh man I, I I told that joke to a couple of people but there's there's like one person that every time I tell a joke like that they have something to say like, yeah like a Karen moment yeah I'm like I, that's actually or, or this one joke it's like I, I told this to a lot of chicks that just fuck around just fuck around I mean there's there's, there's slutty guys and there's slutty chicks there's, oh, yeah. there's no hands down about it and I was like and when I was like, she she had sex with like ten guys in one day. I was like, God, it's like a. I bet her stuff is like a Lincoln t- uh, having a smart car going through a Lincoln tunnel. <laughs> and this one chick heard that. She's like, you know, you can work out and fix that. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. Everybody else is laughing. You're just being a cunt. Yeah. Yeah. And that is another thing uh, I'm, I'm trying to bring back to the cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I work I work with a lot of. Uh, uh, Brits and everything, and it's always, oh, you're a you're a salty cunt, you're a good cunt. Yeah. And, and I, I I do that a lot with people. I was like, man, you're a great cunt. And I'm like, what the fuck are you saying to me? Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it it man. It, that's just really it. Really is the way that I feel about jokes. Is it does I don't care. There's, I'm a firm believer that nothing's off limits. There's some stuff that you got to make sure hits solid you have to otherwise sure otherwise it's hilarious. it's just offensive yeah and I, I mean and there are comics that that's what they do they do offensive jokes that's their material they or they're hecklers yeah they're, I mean, I, I, like i can't watch tosh 
2.0 specials and everything, because that's all. And this other chick uh, that she heckles the crowd and like Don Rickles type. Yeah. I. I don't know what it is. I just can't stand that. I mean, Don Rickles does it good. Yeah. I all love Don Rickles, but the other two are like they're doing it, and I'm like, you're not Don Rickles. Yeah. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. But I, there's certain people I just, I, I just, I know they're doing it. They're doing it good and everything. They're doing it for themselves. It's like uh, Bill Burr had like this special uh, just recently, uh, Killers of Comics, mm-hmm. and there's this one chick on there. I just couldn't stand watching. Her. Of course, there's a guy next uh, that came next, and I couldn't stand him either. But it was, it's the the style, yeah, of what I'm into. Right, right. Now, am Which, I gonna boo that person off the stage? Fuck no. Yeah, I just won't buy their special. Yeah, or I, yeah. I won't listen to the stuff. Yeah, next time I see their own, I'll turn a channel. Yeah, yeah. It's and and that's the way people should be. If you see something on Facebook that offends you, scroll past it. You don't have to stop. That's what that's what I love about Paramount. They came out with uh, the CEO was like uh, every work person. It's like, well, you have to delete this episode of this show. It's like we're not deleting anything. Yeah. Go past it. Yeah. Skip it. Yeah. You, you don't, don't have, have to, to watch, watch it. it. Right. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's amazing that people feel like they have to voice their opinion on everything. You don't have to. Nobody's really interested. Nobody gives a fuck what you yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. That's your opinion. That's great. You're allowed to have it, but I don't. I don't want to listen to it. The problem. The problem with nowadays is uh, there's people that it, it, before like well back in the 80s and everything like that I mean even beforehand you'd have you'd still have a group of people that would get in contact with each other mm-hmm. and they create a mob and that mob it's mob mob tech. Yeah. Basically, you're getting a lot of people that have the same views of you and everything like that, and they try to destroy something. Right. Because they don't like it. Yeah. And but at like, least they had to work for it back then. They had to go around and get collect all those people. Yeah. Now, nowadays, now, it's fucking instant. Yeah. Nobody. You don't have to leave this. You don't have to leave your to computer screen. Off. Yeah. It took two years to get something off the air. Now yeah. it's like. You didn't even have to put the legwork in. I know. You just went and did it. Lazy. If you're gonna, if you're be, gonna be hateful. Would, don't be lazy. That'd be a good bit. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. I gotta figure it out. It's okay to be hateful, but don't be lazy about it. Oh yeah. You know. Uh, I had a, I had to trench uh, five miles to get to the freaking post office, the, uh, the mail, and a letter to one of my groups that had, that hated your stuff too. Yeah. I thought it was horrible. Yeah, well, at least you put the work in. But I put the fucking work <laughs> Yeah. <in. laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, I like the way that the Internet has made it possible for people who otherwise wouldn't have had a shot, wouldn't have had an opportunity to be seen. Yeah, now, like now they have that, I mean, right? Uh, right. What, what was it? Back but it also, days? that's the 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 woke uh, era that we're in right now is also that's the other side of that coin. Yeah. You know, you, and, and there's good, there's there's yin and yang to everything. You know, there's the good and the bad. You gotta you gotta take both. Um, so if we want the if we want the easy fame, we gotta we gotta take the Karens too. Yeah. Which when since that term came out, how how bad do you think the women named Karen in the world hate that? Like, why did, of all names y'all could have picked, 
to to meant to to describe I, bitchy, you know, what I think basic was, white bitches. What I think it was was there was a chick named Karen. Yeah. Like all things. I mean, look at look at your name is Mud. Yeah. I mean, uh, the guy was Mud that wasn't even a, a part of the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, uh, and now your name is Mud is contrast to your piece of shit. Right. Or your shit pup. Right. I'm bringing that back to Stella from Canada. Shit pup? Shit pump. Pump. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. Not many people have, unless you like going into Canada. I haven't spent much time in Canada either. I did, however, let me do my shameless plug here real quick. Um, I just picked up a new sponsor. Okay. They're based out of Canada. It's called Schedule 35. It's a company that specializes in microdosing shrooms. And you can go to schedule35.co and use the promo code MATT, M-A-T-T, and get 15% off your order, and they'll ship you uh, 100, mil- or 100 milligram or 200 milligram pouches of shrooms for microdosing anywhere. you got to go in there and fill out a little deal, you know, send age me, verification. Uh, send me the message that I'll put in the description. Okay, I will. I will. I'll put in the description on all my stuff. Schedule35.co. Use promo code MATT. Excited about that one. That, that's awesome. Yeah. I haven't. The only sponsor I got is actually from Anchor. I made like fifteen bucks so far. From Anchor? Yeah. Oh, the uploading yeah. platform. Yeah. yeah. You get a free sponsor. You got the thing about it is uh, they they went down instead of you getting fifteen per thousand uh, listens, you get like uh, ten dollars per thousand listens. But I I made fifteen bucks so far. There you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. Rolling in it now. I know, right? This money. It was. It was. I need somebody to help me count this I, money. I know. The more stuff I put out, the more money, the uh, more people listen. The more money I get. Hey, I got a tab in there. Will you tell them Matt and I need an ultra? Okay. I I appreciate it. He didn't look happy about that. He doesn't look happy about anything. What is wrong? Matt. Yeah. If you you can if you want one you can get one. He, he, He's angry. <laughs> I don't. I think it was when I was like, hey, <laughs> I do stupid shit to people. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm an asshole half the time. Like, I went to uh, uh, went to a drive-through one time, mm-hmm. and I asked them to tell me the entire menu because I was blind. <laughs> Did they do it? Fuck yeah. Like, how does the person at the drive-thru not go, obviously he's not blind, he fucking drove to the drive-thru. Oh, I had a, I had a, I had a thing with that. I was like, hey, listen, I'm the only one that can speak. The person in, uh, in the driver's seat is deaf and dumb. They can't really speak, and they're trying to sign me the stuff in my hand, <laughs> and it's just getting ridiculous. Could you just tell me what it is? They told me, and then I drove up. It's like, you're not blind. Nope. Just wanted to fuck with someone today. <laughs> that, and, that and the other thing was is I went to... Uh, uh, me and, me and my dog, uh, he's a friend of mine, and uh, we went to uh, Burger King one time, and I was like, hey, can I order for us? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. I was like, I want a, I want a double Whopper with uh, extra mayo. I want the mayo just to flow off my face and everything like that. What do you, what do you want, honey? Fucking ID now, because I shave. Thank you. And I was like, now what he's happy, I don't know. Bartender must have big tits. Okay, that happens. Uh, and I was like, "Sweetie, sweetie, what do you what do you want?" 
Would you, do you just want a regular Whopper with all the fixings and everything like that? You don't have to take all the, This dude, this dude is like, nope, not today. Just drives, up, drives off. <laughs> I was like, Michael, what was wrong with that? That was a perfectly good order. It's like, <laughs> nope, not today. Not, not today. today. Not uh, feeling it. Let me see. Make sure I'm, I'm going to have to get in here in a little bit to what time is it? start. It's 8.17. No, but I gotta go get paper to start doing signups and stuff at 8:30. Oh, okay. Cause I didn't take I didn't take anything in before I came over here. Oh, okay. But yeah, that that's one thing. I mean, like the difference between me and you, you way you grew up, and way I it's like by the time I got out of the military, I pretty much went all around Europe. Yeah. And I got like worldly experience and trying to talk to people that doesn't have that experience it's so fucking hard because there's like they have the mentality of what's in the United States right and yeah I'm like no this 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 shit outside their hometown doesn't exist exactly yeah and it's it's once you go past your hometown where you left or whatever there's just a whole different world that, yeah I mean you can pick up I mean it was like that one it's not a joke. It's personal experience what happened to me when I was in Henrietta one time trying to pick up a friend of mine. Yeah. And the whole thing was, I've, throughout my life, I really hadn't really experienced anything like racism, racism. Yeah. Until I went to Henrietta one time just trying to pick up a friend of mine. They were like, oh, it's over by that colored church. I was like, well, what color is the church? It's kind of dark out over here where we're going, but what color is the church? My friend had to pull me aside and go, no, no, we got it, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, how are we going to... And I was just totally oblivious. It's just like, Dave, you do not know how cute you are right now. <laughs> I, uh, I was in South Carolina one time, and I, we'd, we'd gone to Myrtle Beach, and, then we, and, we, and that was an unplanned stop. We're leaving the beach, and we're just going to drive. For, we're on our way to Virginia. We're going to drive for a while. We'll just find a hotel along the way and stop. And uh, I don't remember exactly where. We were still in South Carolina, though. So I drove for a while. There's a hotel. And it was a, like a, a big chain hotel. But, you know, it was a franchise deal, so local people owned it. And the uh, parking lot wasn't full. So I went inside, went to the front desk. It's probably 30, 9 o'clock at night. Um, young black lady sitting behind the counter. And uh, I said, yeah, I'd like to get a double room for one night. And she goes, okay. And she was very friendly. Let me see what I can do. And she starts older black lady looks from the room out back looks around the corner and she goes can't help you and I, so I, I said are y'all full she goes I just can't help you I said yes ma'am I turned around and walked out I got in a, got back in the truck and I looked at my wife and I said I I think I just got discriminated against <laughs> so I told my wife that and she's like are you serious she said yeah well <clears throat> when I got back home a very very good friend of mine who like I was I was mid thirties at the time, so I was, you know, probably thirty-five. The and only thing I gotta ask you, you didn't check your green book. I'm sorry. Your green book. My green book? Yeah. No, I don't know what that is. It's it's a book from back in the, like the fifties and sixties. Yeah. To where it helped uh, the black community to find hotels, restaurants, and everything they can go to. Really? Yes, down south. Well, I needed one. Yeah. I needed one. They, they made a movie about it. But I I went to. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, like I said, I was in my mid-30s. He was 72, I think, and he was one of my closest friends. 
His name was Chester Guidon, uh, black guy, um, absolutely hilarious. I would I would not get work done for days because I would just meet him at his local hangout spot every day just to hang out and visit with this guy. One of my favorite people ever. He's since passed away. Um, but I went and I was visiting with him when we got back, and his wife happened to be there with him that day. And uh, I said, I don't know for sure that that's what it was. And his wife said, and they always call me, every, nobody except for my mom calls me Matthew. Everybody calls me Matt, except for this couple. They called me Matthew. And she said, Matthew, that's one thing that you will not mistake. If you felt like they turned you away because of the color of your skin, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. She goes, trust me, we know. Because they both grew up in Arkansas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and they were both in their 70s, so they grew up when shit was really bad. Um but yeah, I, I was so that was my one experience with, which I mean I, I I've grown up in some pretty rough places, but uh, I've always seen racism, but I'd never experienced it. And yeah, once you uh, experience, it's kind of just it's like, really? Yeah, this is crazy. Oh, you mean this shit was real? I thought it was just in history books. I didn't know. Yeah, I thought yeah. we got past that, but fuck you guys. I I did a comedy show real early. Um, actually, it was an open mic. The guy wanted me to come to Norman, Oklahoma and do an open mic so that I could meet the owner of the club and work on getting a full show put together. So that was the whole plan. And I went and I wound up having, and my wife's the only one that went with me that time. Uh, and I wound up having to fight my way out of that place because a guy called me an ignorant racist because somebody else in the bar made a, what would be a racist comment. And I, I didn't say anything about it. But I was the comic on stage when the comment was made, and this guy was offended. And I had to fight my way out of a bar, and and then faced assault charges. Holy fuck! Yeah, fuck yeah. And my funny. and the only only person I had to back me up was my wife, who's four foot eleven, never been in a fight in her life. Uh, all she kept doing was screaming my name, first and last name, trying to get me to stop fighting which is how these people got all of my information and the oh. detective from Norman, Oklahoma was able to track me down. Thanks, honey. Now I'm in yeah. jail. Yeah. Fuck you. Is there, is there any way you could call me by somebody else's name in that situation from now on? Surprised you didn't get my social security number. Man. Yeah, that, that, that's that's always a strange thing of uh, dealing with that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm so glad that we haven't, here we haven't, dealt with that that kind of stuff because I'm like like what happened right after I left because I had to jet out only because I got to work like early in the morning yeah and it, it sucks because I want to be like around for the rest of the comics like oh let me get the uh, the vibe around here and everything so I don't get that kind of vibe I was like oh if they didn't laugh or anything and, and what's really sad is a lot of the people that you know I don't hear laugh or anything like that or they they don't even do like a giggle or whatnot. I was like, when I did that 30 minute segment, they were like, oh, we loved your stuff. I was like, what the fuck? No one laughed. <laughs> it's, it's when you're doing comedy in a place that wasn't prepared for it, yeah. like people, pe- people might really be enjoying it, but nobody wants to be the first person to laugh. Worst, worst show I've ever had. Worst bombing I've ever had. Um, a buddy of mine put a show together and he used to open for me everywhere we went he was my opener 
but he put this show together, and I was like, hey, man, let me open for you. You know, I wanted to give him that, that headliner, the closer feeling, you know, because he put the show together. I didn't mind. I didn't care if I went up and did an hour, and then he only did 15 or 20 to close it out. It's fine. It didn't matter how long our sets were. I wanted him to have, let me warm the crowd up for you this time. And uh, it was a lot of wealthy people at a fancy restaurant that they had decided they want to. I did that too. And it was brutal. There were people that I could see that were enjoying the things. They were enjoying it. Yeah. But they didn't want to laugh because they were worried about, they didn't want other people to look at them and think they were silly for laughing at Oh, like, why would you laugh about these types of things or whatever? I had, I had the same thing happen to me because I was, I would have, uh, my old boss I was like, hey, come out, make a couple of jokes and everything like that. He's like, okay, I, I can do that, but, you know, that's it's going to be kind of horrible because I know your crowd. First joke I did was like, uh, was, all right, let's judge the audience. Uh, audience. Ask me how I slept last night. Ask me how I slept last night. How'd you sleep last night? Just like God through the Holocaust. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy, he was laughing, and literally this is what he did. Ha ha. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I'm not supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> Fuck. My wife's not going to let me sleep in the house tonight because I laughed at that joke. Yeah. And I, 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 they're like, but the community I come around with, I, I do that. It, it, I can judge the audience just by that joke. Oh, yeah. Because I have a lot of people that I've told that joke that for the rest of the night, I didn't have to pay for a drink. Yeah. And there's other places that I like, okay, he's off the stage. Good. Yeah. Or he he's out of our uh, view. Good. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's it's just one of the it's just one of those things that it's just it's just so surreal that you have to you know you have to judge your audience you have to make that connection and everything like that. Right. Yeah. But uh, I guess we're gonna start up everything else. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on. Man, I appreciate you having me. No, thank no, you no very much. Uh, like I said. I'll message you for that uh, info and everything. So you can, yeah. Uh, Describe and everything. You bet. And we'll catch everybody later. Don't forget everybody about uh, uh, all the podcast places we you can catch us up on. And uh, check you out later. Goodbye. Thanks, bud. No problem.